Welcome to the Word Encounter, episode 140, where we will be picking things up in Jeremiah chapter 7. Uh, the title of this section says, False Trust in the Temple. Let's get started in verse 1. It says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand in the gate of the house of the Lord, and there call out this word. What word? Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah, who enter through these gates to worship the Lord. And so uh, the Lord is instructing Jeremiah to call attention to the people at the temple. And then uh, in verse 3, it says, this is, uh, what the word of, uh, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Correct your ways and your actions, and I will allow you to live in this place. Do not trust deceitful words chanting, this is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. So apparently this was a habit of theirs to call out this chant um, saying uh, that this is the temple of the Lord. But the Lord is saying, <coughs> um, do not trust deceitful, deceitful words making these chants. And so obviously there's something that he knew about this um, that was going on. And so let's drop down to verse 9. And it says, do you still murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and follow other gods that you have not known? And so the Lord is kind of asking a rhetorical question. He knows the answer. Verse 10, then do not come and stand before me in this house that bears my name and say, we are rescued so we can continue doing all these detestable acts. And so the Lord is saying, don't think that just because you are my people that you will not have to bear the consequences of your sin and think that you can go on and keep doing these detestable things that I have told you are detestable and I have told you to avoid. See, so the, the people are trying to continue to do what they want to do, ignore the Lord. They said, well, we're his people anyway. He's always going to protect us. And the Lord is saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. Verse 11, it says, has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers in your view? Yes, I too have seen it. This is the Lord's declaration. So the Lord is saying, you're not doing anything in secret. I've seen all that you have done. So don't think you can come to this house that bears my name. OK, and get some kind of uh, um, uh, some kind of uh, alleviation from your actions. No, 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 no. The next section says Shiloh as a warning. Now, we don't know exactly what happened at Shiloh, but whatever happened was bad. And so <clears throat> we go to verse 13 and it says, now, because you have done all these things, this is the Lord's declaration. Again, this is Jeremiah prophesying. <clears throat> And because I have spoken to you time and time again, but you wouldn't listen, and I have called to you, but you wouldn't answer, verse 14, what I did to Shiloh, I will do to the house that bears my name. The house in which you trust, the place that I gave you and your ancestors. In other words, this temple, this temple that you're putting so much faith in to protect you, he's going to say, I'm going to do the same to this temple that I did to Shiloh. Because you do not answer me. I call and you don't listen. So you're putting faith in this building. This building don't mean nothing to me. <laughs> the next section says, do not pray for Judah. Verse 16. It says, as for you. So this is the Lord talking to Jeremiah. He says, as for you, do not pray for these people. Wow. 
So imagine Judah loves his people and the Lord is saying, you know, I haven't forgotten you. I mean, Judah, Jeremiah loves his people. And so the Lord said, I haven't forgotten you, but you might not want to hear this. But as for you, Jeremiah, do not pray for these people. Do not offer a cry or a prayer on their behalf. And do and do not beg me, for I will not listen to you. In other words, don't try to change my mind because it's not going to work. Verse 17. Don't you see uh, how they have behaved in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? He says, haven't you seen how they behave, Jeremiah? Verse 18, the sons gather wood, the fathers light the fire, and the women need the dough. In other words, the entire clan is involved. Everybody is involved. The parents, the kids, relatives, everybody's involved. The sons gather the wood, the fathers light the flame, and the women need the dough. Everybody's involved. And it says, the sons gather wood, the fathers light the fire, and the women need the dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. The queen of heaven is the god of fertility. And so the Lord is saying, look, they're all participating in this apostasy, all of them. See, it says, and they pour out drink offerings to other gods so that they provoke me to anger. So everybody's involved in this, in this crime against the Lord, everybody. Therefore, nobody's going to be spared because everybody's involved. And so, um, obviously, the Lord is not happy with this. So let's go down to the next section, and it says obedience over sacrifice. See, the Lord de desires obedience over sacrifice. He wants you to obey him as opposed to coming to him after you've done something wrong and then sacrificing for your sin. His preference is obedience, even though the sacrificial route the repentance route is open to us all. His preference is that we don't go that direction because we're obedient from the jump. Verse 21, it says, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat yourselves. Verse 22, for when I brought your ancestors out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak with them or command them concerning burnt offering and sacrifices. So he didn't tell them, you know, with some offerings, they were to be consumed by the Lord. They were not to be eaten by man. For other offerings, uh, the Levites were to eat them, and only the Levites, nobody else but the priests of the Lord could eat the stuff. And so he had spelled some things out, but apparently he didn't spell everything out specifically or explicitly. And it says, uh, in verse 23, it says, however, I did, I did give them this command, obey me, and then I will be your God. And you will be my people for every way I command, uh, for every way I command you so that you may, so that it may go well with you. See, and so the Lord said, I did make this command, obey me. And then I will be your God and you will be my people. You know, follow every way I command so that it all may go well with you. If you do these things, everything's going to go well. He says, I did make that, um, uh, I did send that, uh, I did send out that command. Verse 24 says, yet they didn't listen or pay attention, but followed their own advice and their own um, and their own stubborn, evil heart. They went backward and not forward. And so the people did not listen to what I told them to do and not do. They didn't do what I told them to do. And they did do what I told them not to do. See, because they were determined to follow their own stubborn hearts. <clears throat> 
We drop down to verse 27. The section title is a lament for disobedient Judah. When you speak all these things to them, they will not listen to you. He's talking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, when you speak all these things, I'm telling you to prophesy to the people. They ain't going to listen to you. They're just not. It says when you call to them, they will not answer you. In other words, they're going to treat you exactly the same way they've been treating me. It says, therefore, declare to them, so you say to them, this is the nation. This is the nation that would not listen to the Lord their God and would not accept discipline. See, truth has perished. It has disappeared from their mouths. So he, he says, he's telling Jeremiah, uh, what the situation is and, and what to say to them. Say to them that this is a nation, you people, you are the people who won't listen to me. This is, this is, what, God, this is what God is telling you people. You won't listen to him. And you won't accept discipline. It says, truth, you don't know truth. It's left you. See, you're, you're, you're living according to your own ways. You, you're just wrong. So he's telling the people what's going on here. In verse 30, it says, for the Judeans have done what is evil in my sight. Again, so imagine somebody standing before you saying, you, you people have done what's evil in God's sight. This is the Lord's declaration. They have set up their abhorrent things in the house that bears my name in order to defile it. So apparently they were setting up idols in the temple, in the temple of the Lord. They were setting up idols in the temple of the Lord in order to defile it. And then um, in verse 31, they have built the high places of Topheth in ben Hinnon Valley in order to burn their sons and daughters in the fire. So this is the God of Molech. And so they, they, were, they were sacrificing their sons and their daughters to the God of Molech. I guess he was uh, promising everlasting life or eternal life or something like that. I don't know. But they were killing their babies on the altar of Molech. And it says here, uh, in order to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, a thing I did not command, I never entertained the thought. And so the Lord said, I never told you to do this. In fact, this has never crossed my mind that you should sacrifice and burn your babies. This is detestable before the Lord. And I will say this, in my belief, in 99.9% .9 of the cases of abortion, it is the sacrificing of babies to the God of convenience. See, because it's like, look, I can't have this baby at this time. This is inconvenient for me. This is, this is putting an obstacle in my path along my journey. I can't have this right now. You got to go. Sacrificing a life to the God of convenience. If you didn't want it, you should never got pregnant in the first place. We have the wherewithal for people not to get pregnant, not to have unwanted pregnancies. Verse 32, it says, therefore, look, the days are coming, the Lord's declaration, when this place will no longer be called Topheth, Topheth uh, and Ben-Hinnom Valley, but Slaughter Valley. I'm going to rename it. It says Topheth will become a cemetery because there will be no other burial place. Verse 32, the corpses of these people will become food for the birds of the sky and for the wild animals of the land with no one to scare them away. In other words, the animals are just going to feast 
and they're not going to be scared away. They're going to feast on corpses of those who decided to dishonor and ignore the Lord. Let's go to chapter 8. And it says death over life. Um, Verse 1, at that time, this is the Lord's declaration, the bones of the kings of Judah, the bones of her officials, the bones of the priests, the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the residents of Jerusalem will be brought out of their graves. Verse 2, it says, they will be exposed to the sun, the moon, and all the stars in the sky, which have, which they have loved, served, followed, consulted, and worshipped. <laughs> it says, okay, you want all these things in your life? I'm going to bring your bodies out and lay them before all these things. And it says, their bodies will not be collected and buried, but will become like manure on the soil's surface. <laughs> Verse 3, it says death will be chosen over life by all the survivors of all the survivors of this evil family, those who remain wherever they have banished them. See? This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. So death will be chosen over life by all the survivors, those who have worshipped the moon, the sun, and the stars. You know, this is talking about astrology, basically, uh, because all the stuff you've placed over me, and so this is this is what's going to happen. That's kind of sobering, at least in my opinion. And so let's go on. In verse 5, it says, why have these people turned away? Why is Jerusalem always turning away? And then it says, they take hold of a deceit, or they take hold of deceit. They refuse to return. In other words, they get hold of something that they like. They like what it says. They like the way it sounds. They they like what, what what it reveals to them. But if it's in defiance of the truth of the Lord, then it said, no, I'd still rather hold on to this. I prefer this. I like this. And they refuse to turn. See, we do a lot of things that are in defiance of the Lord, and we do them because we like to do them. And then when it comes to our attention that this isn't of God, (laughs) we don't want to turn. And we might start doing this even though we knew the intention of God. Because it sounded good to us, it tickled our ears. In other words, we're, we, we tend to choose the ways of the world and the things that the world likes over the things of God. This has been going on since the beginning of time. Then it says, punishment for Judah's leaders. Wow, verse 8. It says, how can you claim we are wise? The law of the Lord is with us. In fact, the lying pen of scribes has produced falsehood. See, he says, how can you claim we are wise. The law of the Lord is with us. You're doing all these defiant things, yet you're declining, you're, you're, you're claiming that, you're, that I'm with you, even though you're doing all this nonsense. And then it says in verse 9, the wise will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and ensnared. They have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they really have? See, the, the word is very clear. When you do things on your, on your own, ignoring the wisdom of the Lord, That's not wisdom. You have no wisdom. You have no wisdom when you do that. And it says in verse 10, Therefore I will give their wives to other men, their fields to new occupants, for, uh, to, to new occupants, excuse me, for from the least to the greatest, everyone is making profit dishonestly. From priest to prophet, everyone deals falsely. So he says, because, you know, you think you're wise, you think you know what you're doing, but, you, but you're not. I'm going to give your wives to other men. 
and I'm gonna find new occupants for your house. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna essentially replace you. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go on. Uh, the next uh, section says, uh, God's people unrepentant. Verse 14, why are we just sitting here? Gather together, uh, let's enter the fortified cities and perish there. For the Lord our God has destroyed us. He has given us poison water to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. We hoped for peace, but there was nothing good for a time of healing, but there was only terror. They've just accepted their plight without even, apparently, apparently it never even crossed their mind to repent. See, it never crossed their mind, apparently, to turn back to God. They're just saying, look, we have sinned against the Lord, so let's go get our punishment. Let's go, go to the, you know, let's leave and go die. <laughs> so it seems as though that they would rather do that than actually repent before the Lord. The next section down in verse 18 says uh, a lament over Judah. And this is uh, Jeremiah's lament. So he says in verse 18, my joy has flown away. Grief has settled on me. My heart is sick. Then he says in, uh, in verse 22, uh, let's see, he says in verse 22, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician here? Why, uh, so why has uh, the healing of my dear people not come about? So we see here that, um, that Jeremiah is in a state of lament, right? Because he doesn't understand. He, he, I mean, he understands, but he doesn't understand. He's, he's like, my people, they keep sinning. You know, I'm, I mean, I've got God in one ear. I've got people in my eyes, and I'm just a mess. You know, they won't listen to me. They won't do right. And because of it, I have to witness them suffering these consequences. And so it's hurting him. And this is why a big part why he's called the crime of the weeping prophet, because he's feeling he's empathetic. He feels for his people. In chapter nine, uh, it says, if my head were flowing, were a flowing spring, my eyes a fountain of tears, I would wipe, I would weep uh, day and night over the slain of my dear people. If only I had a traveler's lodge, uh, if only there. What is wrong with me? If only I had a traveler's lodging place in the wilderness, I would abandon my people and depart from them, for they are all adulterers, a solemn assembly of treacherous people. And so what Jeremiah is saying is that he essentially wants to escape from his people because he doesn't want to see them come to harm. It's hurting his soul to see what's going on, to see how unrepentant they are, to, to see that they won't listen. And so he would just assume that, um, you know, he would just assume that he would go, that he would get out of there, that he would leave, abandon them. Let's drop down to verse 13. So we go down to verse 13. The section title here is Imminent Ruin and Exile. And the word says, uh, the Lord said, it is because they abandoned my instruction, which I set before them and did not obey my voice or walk according to it. Instead, they followed the stubbornness of their hearts and followed the bales as their ancestors taught them. See? Verse 15, therefore, this is what the Lord of army, the God of Israel says. It says, I am about to feed this people wormwood and give them poisonous water to drink. 
Verse 16, I will scatter them along among the nations that they and their ancestors have not known. See, he's talking about the exile in Babylon. He said, I'm going to bring somebody against you. They're going to wipe out your lands and, and all the things that you hold dear. And I'm going to scatter you amongst the people that you do not know. Next section says, mourning over Judah. It says in verse 17, this is what the Lord of Armies says. Consider and summon the women. <laughs> this this kind of cracks me up. <clears throat> Consider and summon the women who mourn. Send for the skill for women. Now, in other translations, it says the women who mourn and wail, you know, send for the wailing women. You see, in, in Jewish culture, they would essentially hire women to come and wail and mourn at like funerals. You know, <laughs> and it says in verse 18, it says, let them come quickly to raise a layman over us. So bring in these women so that our eyes may overflow with tears, our eyelids be soaked with weeping. So bring these women in and, and, and let them uh, wail and mourn and get them, uh, get them to uh, excite all kind of passions and emotions in us so that we will start to bawl and cry and wail and moan. So we need assistance in our, in our mourning. So bring these women in to help us. <laughs> Verse 20, it says this. Now hear the word of the of the Lord, you women. Pay attention to the words from his mouth. Teach your daughters a lament and one another a dirge. What does this mean? It means teach your daughters how to wail and mourn and then teach them songs, if you will, hymns and songs regarding things like death and that sort of thing. Okay, it says, for death has climbed through our windows. It has entered our fortresses, cutting off children from the streets, young men from the squares. See, so the Lord is saying, look, bring in these women because this is what's going to happen to y'all. <laughs> and y'all going to have to warn, you know, mourn and wail and whatnot. And so get prepared, you know, because this is what's going to happen. I just find that to be somewhat hilarious that there are professional mourners come in to wail and scream and holler. Anyway. The next section says, boast in the Lord. Verse 23, this is what the Lord says. The wise person should not boast in his wisdom. The strong should not boast in his strength. And the wealthy should not boast in his wealth. Verse 24, but the one who boasts should boast in this, that he understands and knows me. If you want to brag, brag on the fact that you understand and know the Lord. You know, sincerely not just something that you wear on your sleeve and you say. And it says that I am the Lord showing faithful love, justice and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things. You see? So the Lord delights in those that show faithful love, justice and righteousness. This is the Lord's declaration. So he's being very clear with regard to what he expects from us. Extremely clear. There, there's, there's no... Um, excuse for not knowing because the clarity is so clear <laughs> okay so let's go on to chapter 10 and do we have time for this yeah let's let, let's go to chapter nah, nah we're gonna break it off right here we'll pick up chapter 10 tomorrow and uh, as I'm trying to get into the habit, though, let's go over to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if you confess, uh, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
It says in verse 10, one believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with his mouth resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. And so if you have not stated those things sincerely from your heart, welcoming Jesus into your heart so that you might be saved, I invite you to do that right now for it is the most important thing that you can do if you haven't done so already. And with that, we will catch up with you tomorrow in chapter 10 of Jeremiah. Bye-bye.